Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a double episode of Misfits. This is season three, episodes three and four. Yep, three and four. The first one was written by another two really strong episodes. Uh, let's start with episode three that premiered 11 13 of 2011, directed by Howard Overman, written by Will Sinclair. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. I really like the whole mythos and the deepening of the storyline of Super Hoodie and Simon and Alicia. And we got some other character development as well. I love what this show does with time travel. It is very exciting because it's kind of this background thing going on and it's explored heavily in these two episodes, but it is something that encompasses since the inception of the the beginning of the show. We've known Super Hoodie since season one, and now we're getting more into the things that may have or may not have possibly led up to Simon becoming this person. And we see him much closer to the Simon we do meet in the future. He still got some growth to go, and that's the crazy part. And you can see every stage of that development. And we see him take a huge leap in this particular episode as he, one, masters parkour. My man's out here leaping off buildings like he's Spider Man. And then, two, what he is willing or wanting to sacrifice and what his relationship means with Alicia and it's rather tragic in a lot of ways let's go ahead and jump into the recap young peter is being jacked for his phone it's not the most interesting mugging but you have simon overhearing it as he is doing his training he decides to intervene and then the one dude's like who the fuck are you the robber and he's like leave him alone it's like, um, you stay there while I deal with this. <laughs> and that stupid boy really stood there because I would have ran away. Oh, he's distracted. I get to keep my phone today because I bet you his ass is not going to be able to catch up with these very desperate ass legs to get away. But no, he sits there and watches Simon go toe to toe with the mugger. He gets his uh, hand stomped on, but is able to save the day. And his first act of heroism gets him his first and only obsessive fanboy (laughs) that also has some similarities to the old Simon. It rather hurts because he's totally into superheroes and this would be possibly a path Simon would have went down if he hadn't found his friends and the love of his life. Peter wanted to get a photo like anyone would ever think this is super cool or just not regular cosplay but Simon jumps off the building all mysterious and Peter said that he didn't get his photo op. Alicia is rather worried when she comes home to see blood all over the place and her man all excited as she patches him up because he keeps going out on his escapades and getting seriously injured and then these wrists are very much closer each step closer to him becoming someone that will die in her arms and that is not a fate that she wants to happen 
he thinks that taking risks is the first step in the direction of becoming super hoodie in the sense that he is going to save her and he wants to be able to save her it's all about making sure that she lives but she doesn't or he doesn't understand that that also requires that he die and that might actually be upsetting and so she tells him i don't know much about this terminator shit but i know if i'm alive now i don't see any reason why you need to go back and make me fall in love with you again i've already done so and i I see what she's kind of going in her eyes because you already went back in time you already saved me you already died why do you need to become him again when i don't need to be saved like that has passed hasn't it but i think that it's just boils down to the fact that we don't know the events that led up she only has so much of the story and they both really do though and but he's convinced that this is something that has to be done there's no getting out of it she tells him look you can dress up however you like but you're staying here with me because if you go back to the past you're dumping me and i don't get dumped and then he's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to upset you and she says how does it feel your hand he says it hurts and she says good i rather love that simon and alicia walk hand in hand all the time she's like this is my man he's like this is my girl and i'm like so dead romantic younger troubled youth are brought in to talk to the asbo group about what they did to get in trouble and how they shouldn't end up like them this is basically british scared straight and prevention intervention does not sound kinky and (laughs) rudy gets a folder to the face because of it you gotta love sean he just he doesn't care and he's still alive he is the longest lasting probation worker then he says you guys are going to tell them how they not become a fuck up and rudy said it with a dead ass face who's he calling a fuck up peter is there who simon half saved and he's the first that is called out to talk about why he is there you had uh simon's wife laughing a little bit he looks at her like no we do not laugh at that (laughs) she's like okay He got in trouble because he nicked the girl's bag because he intended to set himself up as the hero. Only Simon is feeling bad for the boy. But to be fair, it was rather juvenile. And you look to be at least 18 years old, which means you've been to kindergarten and know that stealing is wrong. I love how Kelly says everything. She's like, "Uh, you got any advice? Yeah, don't go around nicking other people's bags. (laughs) It's good advice though very versatile then he said tubs you're next what the hell did you just say oh i laughed so freaking hard i laughed so hard because <laughs> he was like is she really talking to me <laughs> he didn't even bother trying to learn his name sean is such filth i love him in the bathroom he runs into peter and he tells him that it won't be like this forever you'll eventually meet a girl that likes you back and you won't have to steal bags and he really did want to give him 
some actual advice he's still the most moral out of everyone everyone else is more like i don't understand how you got here <laughs> we committed crimes you're doing dumbass shit that just don't make any sense peter immediately realizes that he's the superhero that saved him and wants to know everything about him because simon doesn't think to lie simon is like that's not a good idea and it's best that this stay between us and that you forget you ever met me while i definitely see where simon can view peter as being on this very slippery slope that you want to reach out to him and give him a little bit of advice he clearly also is lonely consumed by fantasy (laughs) thus is easily turned possessive slash obsessive with his desire for simon's companionship as this is the one special moment in his life the only special moment i think he even says that my life is boring (laughs) he he wants to be in a a comic he wants to be part of something that involves superheroes and here he has stumbled upon simon a button superhero and thus begins uh what's that movie with kathy bateman misery except it's um more like distress instead of tying simon to a bed he writes comic panels rudy comes in to take a piss but he sees the boys in a very compromising looking situation and i love that he just laughs says brilliant and closes the door (laughs) i don't know why simon felt the need to go out to rudy and actually explain anything especially if you don't have an answer like the truth so going to him saying uh it's not what you think we were just looking at each other's cocks because that's what it looked like you were doing here apparently does not take no for an answer and goes home already fully enveloped in his obsession and draws regarding his muse but what he draws we find out comes to life as he gets simon to have that beer with him after all and he tells him all about how he's hooked on superheroes and now he has his very own and i don't know what the fuck this kid's doing and in case you might have missed it he literally says my life is normal and boring and i've always been obsessed with superheroes simon doesn't think he's quite the comic level superhero yet but peter is his number one cheerleader and fan especially since alicia ain't down with the whole risking his life and being prepared for dying i mean he ain't preparing to die you know he's actually going to (laughs) i feel like those stakes are a little bit different to be casually talked about by someone who's not involved and then simon says would you like to be my best friend and it felt really weird and it's supposed to feel real because it's at this point the audience knows but i already knew so i wrote down and said it already that he is controlling the entire situation in the locker room curtis asks rudy what's up with rudy too he thinks he has cancer so he is chunk checking under his armpits for lumps but he's like if you he gets cancer don't you get cancer no because he doesn't have cancer (laughs) they two get into the fight a fight the rudy's yeah um it's been a long day it's been a lot of getting my vacation on uh sean comes in and says what the fuck who are you and he's like uh what does it look like my auntie like 
Why are you asking me a dumbass question like that? Then he says, well, why is he here? And that's what he really wanted to know. It's because they swap out doing community service because it livens things up. And he says, no, whoever does the crime does the mindless shit. Then we have Rudy going into this whole story, the supposition tale about what if they were conjoined twins and they went to a bar and then one of them attacks someone, but then they're conjoined and they have a massive head. <laughs> I love when he's like, mm. like basically shut up. <laughs> His Rudy too is telling him do not speak anymore, but it all works because it's meant to just distract the probation worker from really caring and he really doesn't i can't be bothered to be asked make sure one of your asses show up to do the community service and they can't believe he actually talked his way out of it and i think that's what rudy does a lot he talks his way nonsensically out of situations <laughs> alicia goes to find her man but peter has claimed him for the afternoon which surprises her since they share everything her and simon and this boy is an absolute and other stranger and absolutely and utterly strange but also strange that it is one o'clock in the morning and there are still children awake upstairs because i can hear them and i'm not saying they're making a whole bunch of noise i'm saying that they're just awake that's not acceptable tomorrow is a school day do we not take our children to school do we not have them get their z's peter has simon take him to the bat cave aka his secret lair aka home and spills all the tea about his destiny it all has to happen as it happened he's just a bystander thinking it's cool alicia comes home she doesn't think it's cool that he has blabbed their entire life story to this boy he met yesterday and she tells peter that he needs to go and then he really standing there looking at simon like i'm not gonna listen to her I'm going to take orders only from you. And she looks at Simon like, I know you're about to kick this dude out. And he's like, yeah, you're going to have to get the fuck out. And instead of walking to the elevator, he going to walk between them. Bitch, I hope the fuck you do. You'll be a dead son of a bitch. I tell you that. I'm so glad he caught hands and death this episode. Because this would have been a moment in which he would have. in both simultaneously. He then goes slam the elevator door and hears Alicia tell Simon, why would you tell him all that stuff? Oh, he's just my friend. He's not your friend. You just met him. You can't call someone your friend in one day. You can call him an acquaintance. You can call him someone you're mentoring. You can't call him your friend. You gave him all my tea too. So I'm going to need you to get rid of that suit. I thought we talked about it. I don't want to ever see it again. So next day, uh, Peter draws Simon breaking up with Alicia telling her he has to face his destiny alone but apparently not quite alone Peter gets to be there as well when she says I'm just trying to make toast his illusion bestie has him tell her that we're done we're over I'm a superhero I gotta go handle my shit and breaks up with her this is really messed up that you have to have a bestie in which you have to subvert their will the next day she's talking to kelly about it when curtis and rudy joined to learn that they've split up but despite it coming from nowhere and them being properly loved up she can't figure out what's going on with simon rudy reveals he and peter were showing each other their cocks and that he may be gay 
and that she might have turned him if he wasn't there already she says he's not gay he's the best shag i ever had and the two men she has well one actually shagged and the other something are like oh okay i see how you um just said that and then curtis gonna say pretend i'm not here curtis you're the one that should not you shouldn't say anything the most like you didn't even get really i mean i guess if you count her raping you but you don't want to count that so (laughs) i don't know why you would complain and then rudy being like look it was my first time and i'm in full control of my ejaculate now kelly says all blokes say that next minute you got cum in your face and all up in the air (laughs) i love her so much she's exactly who i would be like let me tell y'all the real story all the stuff you should not say out of your mouth but you're gonna say it anyway and curtis says that's a lovely image and then she hits rudy and rudy's like it's okay you can take it out on your uncle rudy alicia starts beating him until he falls off the bench and he's like well what the fuck is your problem (laughs) and kelly's like she's deflecting she goes to talk to simon and peter's there watching his every movement making sure she does not get close at all when she asks if you if he knows that they split up he's like yeah because superheroes and girlfriends don't mix he's my boyfriend he was your boyfriend no tape around his body so fucking into that soda machine i was so ready i'm like girl take them earrings off where's kelly and some vaseline let's handle this business right here right now you talking too much up in my damn face like it ain't been 24 hours even now i still want to put in work at the bar while waiting for alicia kelly chats up seth who's brought her a lager and they have a cute back and forth about her nan singlehood and the fact that powers always got shit popping off in the hood alicia shows up and she's gotta go so she downs that whole entire beer like the classy bitch that she is because you never waste someone buying you a free drink they roll up on peter as the stop it or we'll beat your ass squad he runs and has drawn super hoodie whooping all of their ass including alicia who can't even say that it's simon because it's a secret identity so everyone is pissed that the man in the hood has betrayed them rudy's like i'm the new guy i'm new <laughs> at the bar everyone is icing their wounds as alicia broods over the situation and kelly offers her to stay at hers maybe we should all have a sleepover fuck off maybe another time I find Rudy incredibly funny when he's being who Rudy kind of becomes in later seasons. However, when he's being more Nathan-like, such as when he was doing the whole finger thing, that doesn't work for me, but his comedic timing is there. And I feel when you just let the actor do his thing and not just let him play the whole monologue 
uh, off the wall type shit Nathan was able to do. Like there are different, they're different strengths, and we don't need to try to make one the next character. And I do see a few times in this episode where they try to pull Nathan is what I like to call, and it doesn't need to be there. Kelly talks to Seth, who can't pursue things with her as well. They clearly like each other. He used to be a regular drug dealer that sold gear to his girlfriend and then she od'd and died and he's still in love with her and apologizes that he didn't mean to mess with her about she joins her fellow heartbroken friend alicia in the locker room waiting for simon who isn't showing up because he is being held uh, captive by a mentally damaged juvenile rudy makes an attempt to cheer her up by recalling the time he fell in love he went to court came back and he was heartbroken because he never could find the girl again it turns out months later it's the wrong flat (laughs) he uses her power to see where he is and he is at the flat looking at comics with her boyfriend and then rudy says very romantic okay okay i'm done with the cheap innuendos about his sexuality what is the plan okay let's get it The plan is to break into his shit, get them drawings off his wall, and rip them the fuck up. (laughs) And it goes down pretty much just like that. Kelly gets to show off her powers as a fucking rocket scientist. And then once the illusion is shattered, right as he coincidentally says goodbye to Peter, leaving his apartment, poor Simon is left devastated because he is confronted with all of his actions under the control of said very mentally damaged juvenile and whispers alicia he's very sad that he's broken up with his girlfriend he's beat his girlfriend and he's staring at their picture together she comes in and while she is understanding he is horrified that he hurt her that they split up he's like why would i ever split up with you let us get back together i really want us to get back together she absolves him of everything because of course it really wasn't his fault simon confronts peter about his deception and he's all like alicia this and alicia that but simon tells him he only wants to protect alicia and you made me hurt her my pursuit of super hoodie hurts her because then i'll die and then she'll be devastated and i won't ever leave her telling him that superheroes it's a fantasy his fantasy don't write please don't write don't call you're blocked on all social media platforms find something else to do more constructive with your time you've got serious mad skills so you can literally make yourself a superhero but that's not what he wants he wants to be in someone else's fantasy more on that in a moment sean asks which twin is it today when he sees rudy coming out of the locker room and rudy's like the good looking one you're both equally fuck ugly (laughs) so rudy tells him like don't take this the wrong way but you may have been sexually abused as a young child things look back to normal alicia and simon are loved back on each other you know they're back in their community service and then you look up in the sky and it's 
crazy motherfucker named Joe. He kidnaps Alicia, leaves a note for Simon in lipstick? Was it lipstick? I'm not sure. To save her. Simon was looking really yummy when he came in and took that jacket off and he was in that purple polo. I was like, ooh. He suits up to go get his bae and Peter brought a knife to a fist fight and the two scuffle until Simon kills Peter, whom he didn't even know was under the mask or behind all this crazy shit because his first priority once he stabbed said person was to untie his boot and make sure she was fine peter dies telling him a superhero has to be prepared to die for what he believes in he can also need some prozac many other treatments that's what you needed sir instead of death but that's what you clearly felt that you wanted to do I mean it's his way of going out suicidally because he wrote the whole fucking thing alicia has had too much trauma in one day in the last really week she has lost simon multiple times in different manners it broke up with me i thought you died a second ago <laughs> someone else manipulated you i'm gonna need you to not become simon 2.0 because i love my simon and I don't want you to go back and make some promise. And she also wants him to burn the fucking suit. But it's revealed that Peter set him burning the suit, everything in motion. And that Peter really wants him to fulfill his destiny. Though he literally hijacked his life and solidified his destiny in this episode. Uh, then we have Simon hiding the unburned suit in a secret compartment before he joins his freshly showered wifey. I love the music. It's always great and impactful. Then we move on to episode four that premiered 1120 of 2011, written by Howard Overman, directed by Wayne Che Yip and Alex Garcia Lopez. I gave this episode an 8.6 out of 10. I enjoyed it very much how i would want to go back in time killing hitler but god only knows what would happen after that <laughs> we meet frederick hearsat born 1935 he was a jewish uh, boy at the time of nazi germany he had papers forged so that he could escape and he was adopted while his parents were sent to labor camps never to be seen or heard from again he did nothing while everyone he knew including a brother it would seem was murdered he's writing a letter because he plans to do something by using curtis's power to travel back in time with the intention of killing adolf hitler hitler died the way he was supposed to die hovering in a bunker like a little bitch hiding from his hideous actions and he's not the only little bitch that hides in bunkers his assassination attempt okay you felt you had to do it sure fine did you need to bring your phone what was your phone there for who were you gonna call in 1935 germany sir <laughs> and thus he changes history forever britney britney britain is now nazi controlled with checkpoints all over the place we see Seth in the boot of a car being detained. Kelly rather sums it up nicely. Fucking Nazis. And then we get our OG Asbo member. The dude that was like, I'm going to mash you up. I'm glad that they brought 
older characters back in this uh episode it was just a nice homage to see them so that kelly said fuck putting the swastika anywhere permanent i'm just gonna print <laughs> the freaking symbol i put it on the back of my shirt i love it alicia works for sean who only hired her because she's got nice tits and he kisses the merchandise and even in this timeline it's gross uh he also still gives no shit about the guidelines or the establishment when simon comes in as bellamy a nazi officer is that his last name simon bellamy who has taken a letter from the old man that they had gotten off the street sean disregards it saying to put it in the pile with the other shit sean has also arranged seth to be captured because he is going to test folks for their powers then it's going to have him take those powers and put them in whoever he tells them to people are brought in we see the one girl or well one guy is regular then another guy is, or another girl is the one that was had the code power and then her power is taken away and she's still detained and even in this timeline peter dies in front of alicia and incidentally simon when he is trying to make a run for it and is gunned for his idiotic move kelly witnesses it all and meets up with curtis later at the bar to tell him what's up as they are part of the la resistance the old man is uh in a cell next to seth and we learn that simon was conscripted into being a nazi because he's going to try to help the old man patient whose wound is infected but he won't be going to the hospital because that's not the nazi style the rudy's debate on whether they should go to mom and dad so we learn that rudy has parents despite the fact that his dad called him a little cunt well they are not on great terms when he opened the door while simon was mid about to knock the door down and then calmly closed it i ugly laughed i mean i was laughing so hard because it was so funny curtis tells kelly she needs to kill seth via poison to take away the nazi's ability to steal powers for themselves simon sneaks into sean's office to get the old man some antibiotics and is busted by alicia who distracts sean when he comes in with her sexuality so he is able to get the pills and leave without suspicion alicia kissing sean that's some nasty stuff i didn't think i wanted to see i mean i don't want to see it at all i I flipped that (laughs) he makes his way to curtis and the resistance he is then asked to show what his power is because if he doesn't the silencer to his head would be silencing him but he is able to show that he has powers captain smith comes to visit and smash you up dude dies again (laughs) i never remember what his name was but i did love the ice effect in his head that was rather cool and kelly realizes what she gotta do alicia goes out to speak with simon over a smoke that neither actually do but smokers get breaks so here we are and he thanks her for helping him then asks why she's with sean turns out sean saved her from prison and when she calls herself a slut he tells her they're all doing what they do to survive or need to do to survive 
seth tries to hang himself but kelly saves his life though curtis later doesn't see how this helped their plan like come on now (laughs) i thought you said help yourself i told you to stay the fuck away from the bar yeah this is why i love rudy just lines like that it doesn't need to be overly done over the top long monologue speeches just some of the basic hitting of you did tell me that but i don't fucking care kelly is able to cheer seth up and get him to eat and she learns they're moving him to an upgraded prison and the gang ambushed the transit taking seth uh back i loved all the action in this episode it was really well done we finally got them being some proper ass badasses as sean leaves uh like a little bitch i'm very agile like a cat he tells mr smith like how is it only you survive because i left him calling alicia stupid as she looks when the general's wrath turns in her direction is both fortunate and unfortunate at the same time (laughs) it's so rude like uh no she really isn't smart enough to come up with a plan seth and kelly crash at resistance labar and they bond over beers and a lot of cigarettes he wanted to be the ultimate dealer whatever that means and now because of the storm he got his wish and the two are rather sweet together sean busts through though the next day on a raid with seth distracting them so kelly gets away but rudy and curtis are arrested he was like he's my gay lover you know that's not legal oh he's my cousin thank goodness kind-hearted simon is treating this old man as he finally wakes and tells seth what happened just as sean reads the letter and gives it to captain smith frederick tells him that he's too weak to fix things so he gives the power back to seth and they need it to die with the old man so things will not change so he tells seth to give the power back to the old man so that they can kill him simon is tasked with shooting the old man but he can't so mr smith captain smith whatever his name is does so before he is then ordered to give the power to curtis even though curtis is like no don't do it he's like i will kill every person in these cells so he does and then he kills curtis and he says well that is that alicia comes to find simon after she had heard about what happened he feels awful for doing nothing while all those people were murdered right in front of him and asks what's wrong with her and she says everything and they kiss because the world is madness and only they make sense kelly is done fucking around hold up i'm busy killing these bitches simon and alicia just finished fucking around and both defect to assist kelly to free all the prisoners shit gets really action heavy as they're surrounded seth is hit by a bullet which isn't great but he fake giving curtis the power and gives it to kelly telling her to get the phone via a kiss sean dies no one cares kelly goes back in time grabs the phone takes a few extra minutes to kick the shit out of hitler and call him a dick and then we're back to the present she tells seth the entire story and that yeah it's all right they kind of kissed and then uh she wants him to take the power to rewind time 
and not give it to anyone else and he agrees that he will put it in his pet iguana and she wants in return to be a rocket scientist again she loves being a fucking rocket scientist she didn't want it at first she said it was a shitty power but now she finds the value in that and acceptance of the power i think is something very important to what comes next for the characters so that's all i have to say about these episodes let's jump into the feedback Christina is me shy. I am here to talk about Misfits. I just got through watching episode three and four, which I must say um, were really good. Um, after <laughs> uh, my thoughts on one and two, I was a bit scared about how the rest of the season was gonna pan out but I actually enjoyed three and four but before I get into that I wanted to talk about my roasting that I received from my feedback from (laughs) um, the last podcast because you really got into me in regards to my feelings on Rudy versus my feelings on Nathan and all that good stuff so before I get started on these last two episodes I wanted to address that okay in regards to the Nathan and Rudy debate I object to what you said and for the record I have made my feelings clear about Nathan, that he's annoying. I've said that on numerous occasions, that he's obnoxious, and that I've talked about my my issues with their playing loosey-goosey with consent. I've said that on numerous occasions. But I will say this, and then I will, you know, rest my case on this one. Um, I think the thing with Nathan versus Rudy is that Nathan was more talk than anything else. I mean, he was obnoxious in what he said and what, but he didn't really do much of anything um, to back up those conversations other than what he said he did in the past. Um, But yes, I would always say he's gross. I would always say he, you know, so I was not cutting Nathan any slack in any way, but I do believe that the fact that I was familiar with the actor and that he was playing a familiar role um, you know with Nathan versus Klaus from Umbrella Academy which made it more tolerable for me and you know of course we've had two seasons of Nathan so I was used to him and all that good stuff and then with Rudy I mean it was an abrupt departure from Nathan in that regard I wasn't prepared for that and I didn't know the actor and I believe the way he was was a little bit more um abrasive if that's the best way to put it and of course the you know me I talk about 
I talked about in the past how I used to work with sexual assault victims and stuff like that. And that scene with him and male slash Curtis in the in the bathroom uh, to me is very problematic. And so the fact that he did that just really rubbed me the wrong way. And so his character was really I had an issue with his character um, from that. But um, I will say these last two episodes, he was a lot more bearable in the episode three and four. And so and then I even said that in my feedback that, you know, he'll probably have to grow on me, which happens sometimes when you abruptly switch characters or recast or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it takes a minute for that new character to, you know, for the audience in my case, in this case, myself to warm up to that new character and especially when the new character is the type of person that (laughs) Rudy is and um so yeah and you know I stand by the things that I said and stuff like that so it has nothing to do with it um you know like you what you said I mean you made some valid points but I just wanted to give my you know rebuttal to some of the stuff that you were saying and as for the Curtis stuff I really I did say that I had an issue with Curtis as well in that in my feedback I felt what he was doing with Emma was problematic um and I mentioned that as well I mean I think they both were you know pot calling the kettle black in a lot of instances so I just wanted to say that before I moved on to the next uh two episodes so I rest my case thank you very much as for these two um this one I which and I probably liked it because it involved a lot of timey-wimey stuff and that's just something I just this near and dear to my heart um as confusing as time travel is and as many adaptations of people's version of time travel and how that affects things is I still love it. I love seeing the different ways people uh, interpret time travel, what that means for the past and the future and stuff like that, and the present, of course. Um, so for the first episode, um, I also like that episode three centered around Simon and Alicia because I really like them as a couple. I like their dynamic, um, and so seeing more of them was really nice. Um, we get to see Alicia's true feelings about Simon and his mask hero uh, persona. Uh, she doesn't like it. And um, this is the first time that we hear her, you know, express that, you know, the way she does. I mean, she's like angry. Like she doesn't want nothing to do with him being this person not really understanding the time travel aspect of it you know for her she's like oh it's in the past um not really understanding that the future simon will still have to do that you know that time loop that you know (laughs) the chicken and the egg you know scenario that we always uh debate about on shows like this like how if yeah, and then of course when Simon was explaining it to Peter, I must say he was confusing the hell out of me <laughs> when he was talking about what he needed to do in order for the future to happen, in order for the present to be the way it was. He had to be yeah, it was 
it was uh getting a bit much but peter understood you know he that was his wheelhouse so he completely got it so but yeah still i mean just that explanation of it continues to you know be what gets me because it's so it could be so you know thought-provoking and so it could be a complete mind foo-foo um if you let it um so we have Simon doing his parkour in the beginning and hiding this what he well he ends up hiding no he wasn't hiding because he he told Alicia I mean he's the first person I know that gets his hands stomped on and is excited about it but you know his excitement was you know you can see the excitement in his you know face and his voice because this is about her in his eyes it's all about him becoming the person that she originally fell in love with and that excites him but Alicia is trying to put the kibosh on it because in her eyes this will mean the closer and closer he gets to being that future Simon means to her that he's going to leave her he's going to abandon her so again because he does she doesn't really understand the time travel aspect of it all uh she's seeing it in a way that clashes with how Simon sees it sorry if you still keep hearing that I I think I said this before but the dinging that y'all keep hearing when I'm on my when I'm doing my feedback is the doors closing opening the kids you know coming and going um out the back door front door garage it doesn't matter security system so um i have it in my room because yes that's right i make sure these hellions called teenagers don't be sneaking out of my house at all times of night so i monitor that shit so yep that's right i said it i love peter's power in this one um the drawing that comes to life that's very unique i haven't seen or heard of that before so yeah that one i was surprised by it because i mean i was wondering why simon was being so weird i mean he's calling to do this friend after one day and then it all made sense as alicia was um looking more into what was going on with simon's odd behavior so that one was a nice twist um to a power that and I again I've mentioned this before but that's what I like about this show that they have these unique types of villains that I don't see anywhere else or being written that way on any other show I will say Peter was completely dedicated to his role because homeboy got himself killed just to make sure that Simon this dude that he just met uh fulfill his destiny I'm like okay that's complete dedication there Peter because I'm beginning to think you're a little bit on the cray cray side for that but hey you know I guess that's where the obsession comes into play and of course you know when they were in his uh little apartment thing or his drawing room and saw all his drawings and they were talking about how he needs to get out more and get a social life yeah see now we see the results of people that don't get out and (laughs) what can happen to them they tend to uh not be right in the head um but yeah 
trying to think what else happened in this one that I wanted to point out. Yeah, the probation officer, Sean, I was looking at him like, you ain't the brightest tool in the shed yourself, sir. Because when um, Rudy, when he saw Rudy, the two Rudys, um, I'm like, what is like, who is this? Like, who do you think it is? Like, dude looks just like... I mean, I thought that was the dumbest question. Like, uh, obviously, you would think that's his twin. So that's who it is. Um, so I was on Rudy's side when he was talking about that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, um, that seems to be an obvious answer to that question. And also, um, yeah, the conjoined twin thing, I didn't, I don't think that related to his situation whatsoever. But okay, especially if you're considering, if you're making it out him out to be a twin, I'm like, well, you're not the same. You're not conjoined in, in other people's eyes, since y'all are two separate beings. Unlike conjoined twins, they have no choice but to be together. So, I mean, I, I know what he was trying to say, but it didn't completely relate or correlate in that situation because he was being seen as a twin um in that situation so i think that's all i have for this one the fourth episode had to do with nazis i don't know why people like to go back to the nazi way of life um i know they did that on the crossover um for with flash supergirl and all them but uh we have the dude that had curtis's power from the first season that they mentioned i do like the tie-in to that too is it the first season no the second season um when they their powers were um given away um but anyway i like how they tied that back in you know so now we get introduced to the guy that ended up with curtis's powers that seth had mentioned and then we see what he wants to do with it and then of course he ends up screwing it up and which screwed up time um which you know screwed up the timeline and now the nazis have taken over and of course everything is still in the same centralized location even in the new timeline everybody still knows everybody and um i like that we got some past um characters that come back you know to pull to have a cameo we have peter and that one girl that he took her powers from, I, I don't remember where I, I saw her but I, before, but I do remember her face. Um, so that was good. The evil general guy, Nazi guy, he's a new character and haven't seen him before. So he's, uh, yeah, that was a good antagonist in this one. We got the grossness of alicia being with sean yuck uh but we also got the still even in this timeline alicia and simon gravitate towards one another so that gave me some west allen type feels in regards to that so no matter what timeline we're going to be together so that was nice um what else I mean, I just enjoyed it because of the timeline thing. And it was obviously, it was a little bit, you know, a departure from what we've been seeing for the last two and a half uh, seasons. 
but yeah, it was a nice change again. It's about time travel, so I'm always on board with a show that or an episode that delves into that. So we have Seth and Kelly finally you know making some headway in their relationship and um you know they kiss of course the kiss resulted in kelly getting the power going back getting the phone kicking the shit out of hitler which would have been nice to do (laughs) and then rewriting or you know putting history back the way it should be um poor simon he couldn't uh, go through it. He was put in that position of having to kill that old man. I figured he wouldn't do it. And of course, the douchebag, uh, frozen power guy, ended up killing um, the guy. You know, for a, I don't know for a millisecond, I thought that he was gonna give. Uh, Seth was going to give Curtis the power of immortality or because but I'm thinking now he had he gave that power to somebody else he ended up giving that power to somebody else so he wouldn't have it because I'm like yeah Curtis is going to wake up and then he's going to do something they're all going to think he's dead he's going to come back to life and be the hero that's what I was thinking but no he was dead Um, (laughs) he was dead dead um what else Again, Rudy was a toned-down version of the first two episodes. And again, maybe I'm getting used to him. And sometimes that just takes time. But I do, I do feel like he wasn't... He, they toned him down a little bit in the last two episodes. So it wasn't so in-your-face and too obnoxious. I mean, he's still obnoxious and, you know, Rudy. But he wasn't as bad. I think that's all I have for these two episodes. Um, About to take a little bit of a break. I still got to do the den. I almost forgot that one too. I don't know what it is about Sundays that I tend to, or yeah, Sundays mostly that I tend to just forget what I'm supposed to be doing. But, yeah, I still got to do the den. I already saw the episode, so I just got to provide my feedback. And then I am going to watch the Westworld Season 1 finale. That is a must-see. I cannot wait. Me and Mimi are taking our uh, theorizing to the next level. We, I mean, your podcast for it definitely helped... um, so you only have yourself to blame. Your podcast helped the creative juices flow or the thought process. Because you were asking a lot of thought-provoking questions that I really was thinking about. I'm like, mm. And some of the stuff you were saying um, when you were doing your uh, recanting of the episode and then your response to Mimi and your response to me, it really, really did, you know, put some nuggets in my head. So... And some of it just kept going as I thought and thought and thought more and more possibilities came to my head. So if if you are eyebrow raising me and Mimi, you could only blame yourself because you got the creative juices flowing and these are the conclusions that we came to. And besides that, it's so hard to in 10-15 minutes 
to really say all the things you want to say in that type of a show because there's so much to unpack there's so much to delve into that it's hard to to you know condense it all in the time frame that we have to do it so which is why we always go over <laughs> but <laughs> but still yeah I digress oh my gosh I'm, I'm like off so you can see how excited I am to how pumped I am to delve into that episode so I'm already thinking about it now um but I can't do it until I cook dinner and settle in for today but on that note uh that's all I have until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shyness with her thoughts on the episode well I am glad that you like these two (laughs) uh versus the previous two and uh the law and order sound effect dead i'm like oh she really she really like let me clarify some things here i don't i kind of have to remember what was said but i felt like it was mostly your knee-jerk reaction to a lot of everything that i was responding to y'all keep on saying i dragged i don't know what you know (laughs) i'm just gonna shut up I don't even have much to say after that. I may have dragged you. It's it's a, it's entirely possible. Um, but in the most loving of ways. Uh, but you was in you was in Rudy's guts. I remember that. I don't remember everything. I remember you was tearing Rudy apart, and I was like, whoa, whoa, this is some very visceral reaction here, man. You met him two days, two day, two episodes, and it felt to me. I think just that you had such a reaction to Rudy, but you never had quite that reaction to Nathan. And that's why I could not compute. Like, how you? (laughs) And you're right. You did acknowledge he's all of the things, but you were also more, more forgiving, I think, than me and Mimi were to his characterization. Like, he, I don't miss him at all in this season. I just don't. He, he was not that important of a character to me that I was like, oh, I don't have Nathan in it. Like, he was so interchangeable. And by the end, quite frankly, I was starting to despise him. And that's just my own personal. You have, you liked him a lot more. So, yes, of course, you're going to have a different reaction to seeing, like, who's this guy? And then you didn't get that Vegas baby episode. I get it. And then also i think a lot of it is also that quick response of rudy's the new replacement or the faux nathan and i think that's why i was so adamant in pointing out that these are not the same people yeah they're they've got commonalities they they definitely are that i can't pretend like i don't see the writing more so than than um yeah i think that yeah what i'm saying is you can make a case that he has nathan traits but he's also very different than nathan i think there's more layers to him than nathan was ever presented by nathan was more like i have two parents i'm just a dick because i never really learned how i was supposed to get along with people like i don't care how people feel about me thus i think everybody i think kelly's the one that summed it up like he doesn't care himself so he doesn't 
have that empathetic response and I'm just like but you can learn that and I felt most of him was lazy (laughs) but he's also a character I think that it's subtle but Misfits does give to those exactly what they put out right if you would have seen the Vegas baby episode he did get his own comments up and he went to jail and was calling Barry because he never learned Simon's name so he never got rescued by them none of them know what's happened to him <laughs> and that he actually got uh yeah like he got a lot of trouble because he tried to go for that criminal life and everyone said it like he's not gonna so I think there is some kind of karma uh to watch for with these characters and Nathan was one of those that was never everyone else grew but he did not like he took baby steps sure he had some clarification but he very easily slid back into the way in which he was and he wasn't particularly smart either (laughs) but as I said the same thing that you already did if you're if vice versa I would wonder more how you would feel if you met him without knowing the other character that he's played and you're right to love Robert Sheen he's brilliant as an actor but as a character (laughs) he's he pushes the boundary sometimes Klaus is a lot more tolerable than like Klaus is just trash (laughs) but trash in the way of I'm not trying to be harmful to anybody in these streets. Whereas Rudy is so. And um, yeah, I think they diff- use the characters Rudy and I wrote that in my notes. Rudy and Nathan, they use their their humor for different traumas. And what else did I write here? Oh, you were saying that Nathan never did anything past the pale um now i you know i'm judge judy up in this bitch come on now come on now you put in the law and order shit too i was like okay i'm gonna let you get your spiel on i'm gonna let you get your words out i'm not saying you should feel the things you should feel you should however my rebuttal (laughs) if you will would be that nathan tried to force a woman's hand down his genitals because he wanted her to heal his std what you mean he said i'm gonna go slip one into those girls before they get conscious what do you mean that nathan never went across the (laughs) i don't have these slippery ass memories okay i know i know all these characters for filth that they are and i'm not saying rudy don't got filth uh shit on him because that would be asinine to deny i mean we all saw him piss in the toilet pissed outside today he didn't grab no hand sanitizers <laughs> nothing nothing however however back to his situation and i know it's going to be different for you and I, I i appreciate that you did you know your profession is definitely going to cloud something like consent um and you have brought it up before about consent in this show i think they all sloppy with it uh but in defense of Rudy, because I went back and watched the scene, because this is the one one thing I didn't give Rudy no shit for, because he did not go in it the way 
in which if it was another character like say simon finding a drunk kelly he did not cross really that many lines if you recall when he comes into the locker room he is checking out himself in the mirror he hears mel over there going "Mm, mm." he walks over and he says are you all right that's his first words he says are you okay she then he then go and moans again so he goes down he, he tries to poke her and he says you know are you like you don't look great are you are you good it's more like if you were drunk at a party and you saw someone else and it didn't they were over there moaning you were like okay they're kind of hot but and I, I know them enough that i would want to get with them but at the same time i need to know that they cool so his first response wasn't nasty his first response was are you good and then she said kiss me and his response and this is the best part where i'm like i can't with you with the consent part he says are you sure because you seem a little out of it and then mel pushes his mouth onto her mouth kisses him then pushes him downstairs so to me that is now him calling out somebody else's name that's weird yes but as far as all other intents mel was the one causing the actions now i know you're gonna say if you're drunk that shouldn't but that's come on now (laughs) we've all fucked when we're drunk (laughs) and those are not even the best decisions or the time be making those beer blinder this those things but that wouldn't be considered right but you may have a different as your profession um you know uh opinion of that scene and i respect that and then what else did i have here in my notes oh crap i keep hitting shit uh nikki also did convince curtis to sell his power oh i said yes you did yes you did point out that curtis was being all sloppy in that situation but you was the only thing i was calling you out for curtis was that you were like i don't believe that he would be (laughs) that he was too sad i don't i remember half of what your feedback said but i do remember some of it and one of it was like curtis like i didn't see nobody complaining y'all playing him for the sex game and i'm like "Mm, are we because i saw what happened it was horrid (laughs) and then alicia gave a demonstration of what he was like with her so his track record speaks of just because nikki wasn't complaining nikki also i forgot that she convinced curtis to sell his power because he didn't want to and then she did and then she died so that's her fault Uh, i too love the time travel in this show and alicia doesn't want to lose simon I think that's her biggest fear right now and then the security system that you got that's very fancy i laughed my ass off when you said i monitor that shit i felt that you damn right you monitor that kids are awful and they like to get out of the house rudy he talks to distract he never makes sense sometimes very rarely he does but most of the time he does not and the nazis are a very easy kind of still relevant relatively recent uh type of villain that people do default to i guess it's better than colonizers or the soviet union what do you have after that barbarians romans neanderthals 
Uh, we should just name a group proud boys and let them be the villains in every like we're not even gonna call them nazis anymore we're just gonna give them their appropriate term proud boys rudy is more layered so i am biased now that i do have to admit i admit i'm a little biased on the rudy side of things not a little i'm a lot biased on the rudy side of things because i am also a huge fan of joe gilgan <laughs> he's actually pretty amazing uh i was gonna google but i'll tell you more about him at another point because it's late and i'm tired as it is i was like i'm gonna get this one out because i'm already behind i forgot ozark i looked in this feed in the gmail and i was like oh shit that's what i forgot this week (laughs) i was feeling so good because i was like let me get one out of the two for the sunday and then i realized i didn't fucking do ozark so that's coming and uh yeah i will say rudy has a lot more layers and he gets better to me in seasons three and four because he doesn't have as much competition of other characters we are already invested in too as well so i think i gave all my thoughts on your feedback let's hear what mimi has to say what up christina it's mimi sending in feedback for um misfits uh season three episodes three and four now before you start dragging me yes i'm in the car i am going to the gym my sister agreed to show me how to lift some weights so i can get rid of my uh my belly gotta get this summer body right you know what i'm saying <laughs> i just i decided that i can't have a hot girl summer if i don't look like a hot girl and um since I'm traveling and I'm hoping to get to California, I got to get a beach body, you know, so I could be on the beach. I don't know that I'll necessarily be on the beach. Sounds like I'll be working a lot, but I'm going to be getting that paper. So I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, I work now and I don't go nowhere, so it really won't be much difference. <laughs> Anywho, um, I really, I'm, I really like season three and I just want to clarify that I don't, I I never said I hated Rudy. I just said he nasty. And I don't think whether you like him or not, you can't argue that he is not. Like, his uniform is even disgusting. Like, I know you have a house or an apartment or something. I don't know if he lives with his parents or what. But come on now. The community center has a daggone washing machine. Everybody else jumps soupy clean but yours. Like, you look like you took Nathan's old jumpsuit and just put it on like you didn't wash it you didn't even put some Febreze you just been wearing it and it's nasty he nasty I I don't think I can determine right now whether he's more gross or you know less gross than than Nathan I can't rank them yet because um I I've seen Nathan more and like you said Christina nothing can beat that what did he call it he threed himself i don't know what the fuck i really want to forget that i ever heard that come shit and pissed himself or whatever the fuck no no it was he threw up shit himself and came like that is the grossest shit i've ever heard in my life and and the fact that now it's in my mind and i can never unhear it really is unsettling so i feel like if rudy can beat that he can win. But as of right now, Nathan's pretty disgusting. I could see both of them getting on my nerve. Like, I I told you by the end, Nathan was annoying the shit out of me. Like, 
I just don't know why they kept his ass around. Like, you do nothing but cause issues. Like, can we can we not do this today? Like, I, I was with Alicia. I'm not your friend. <laughs> we just got community service together. Like, he would have been one of those people. Like, I know everybody has a co-worker that they just can't stand. Like, you got to work with them, and you got to be professional because you're grown. And that's about, you know, that's how you adult. <laughs> you got to deal with people that don't like. But if you ever left that job you would never even think of them again that would be nathan like he's gone okay let's move on like the actor i feel like people be confusing actors with characters like you can like the actor that plays nathan without necessarily liking nathan like anybody that was disgusted enough to stop watching because he wasn't on it you a damn idiot like seriously like he the stories he was in weren't even like significant enough like they didn't move the plot along they were just you know developing his character so him not being there doesn't change anything so i mean i i don't know i i tried to go back and look for that vegas baby or whatever it is i don't know if it was a continuation of a a previous episode but i never saw that even before when i first went to watch it online i never saw that episode so I don't know why it's like an uncut version that's kept secret, but I looked for that one you were talking about. I know you said it was really short, so maybe that's why it's not included in anything, but it's not in anything that I've seen. So I I don't know the episode that you're talking about that is supposed to explain away Nathan's uh, absence. I mean, I know seasons change, characters leave and characters come, so... And I can tell by like the thumbnail picture that the like I see Rudy, but the rest of the people on that thumbnail for season five or who I'm assuming that's the last season that's available. I don't know any of those people, so I can I can tell that Simon, Curtis, and Alicia leave at some point, and Kelly. I mean I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know that at some point they have to go because I've I've seen that since we started watching this show. Um, you know, it's like I used to watch Degrassi. Um, and even when I used to watch Glee, I know you and Shy didn't watch that, but you know, characters came and left, actresses, actors wanted to do other stuff. So they came and got, they, they came, they would come and they would leave back and forth. Either you continue to watch the show or you don't like there, there isn't a middle. Like you either love the character so much that now that they're gone, like, like how we feel about FBI, like, you know, it's, it's a present that's gone and it changed the dynamic and that's fine. But Nathan to me wasn't that character he didn't make the show spectacular and now since he's gone he makes it terrible I think I like season three better so far um it could just be that we're getting more into the characters and we're seeing them using their powers or not even powers we're seeing them come together and and get shit done like there's a problem and they all feel like they need to fix it and I like that and that's what I was looking for this is what I wanted when I started watching and this is what I was watching for when I was watching Doom Patrol like I thought we were going to see some ragtag fools turn into some superheroes or heroes just in general so I like this season personally Rudy I mean so far nothing he said has been funny it's been gross but I mean he's not terrible he does like I feel like his his splitting himself could come in handy if they do ever become a a, like a superhero team okay so I rambled on enough so I guess we can get into this episode um so episode three was about um 
Simon meeting this guy and turning into Barry Allen and telling everybody that his his he's a superhero. Like I get the guy caught you, but how hard is it to say, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, and just leave? Like literally, just walk away. Simon ain't have to tell him. It's like not only did he say, okay, yeah, but you can't tell anybody. He took him back to his like his house and showed him all his stuff. Like yeah, I went back to the future. Look at this picture. This was taken. Before I was even negating her, like he just told all of the business. And granted, I will say that the comic book dude turned out to be a good guy in the end. But I still feel like he was being manipulative. Like he was so hell bent on having a superhero in his life that he took the situation too far. So now it's like, is Simon being a superhero because this is what his destiny was or did he go back to save alicia because dude forced him to do it like i think first of all alicia is not even trying to understand how time travel works like i get it it's fucking confusing the timey-wimey stuff be always throwing me but even i understand that he has to become this superhero because if he doesn't that guy who thought he was in grand theft auto would have killed you i mean he couldn't save himself because if he saved himself he wouldn't turn into who you fell in love with and he wouldn't have turned into the superhero that saved you is it you know if he if he wasn't the superhero in the first place it's like the savitar thing like it's like what came first the chicken or the egg we don't know it's a time loop you gotta do it this way and for all we know alicia you could be dead in the past like you act like your life expectancy is known you don't know he might be okay with this in the end because he couldn't save you before, but he'll say he'd rather have you for a little bit than not at all. So I'll just go back in time and save that, Alicia, because I couldn't save this one. We don't know. And for you to say, never put that suit on again, bitch, you knew he was going to do this. You saw him. Now you just gonna, now you just going to ruin, ruin the time loop, dumbass. But um, I will say, like, the scene when... When they were after they ripped up all of the comic strip and he like reality fell on him and he realized that he broke up with Alicia, that shit hit hit my soul. Like, huh? Simon was miserable. He was just staring at the picture and then when the door opened, like his eyes lit up. He was like, "Please be my girl, please." Like, oh my god, it was. I was like in my feels, like like talk about shipping. I was in my feels hard, like super hard and then he was like can we get back together please don't say no like oh my god i watched that all right all right all right all right queen mimi liked those episodes too and i will say season three is shaping up to be a lot more better than season two you're absolutely right i think i have a lot of nostalgia with season two those great reveals but this is very action driven you're totally right about the fact that they're a team now i think after the milk dude things kind of changed with them and then they lost nikki i think it became important to them at that point that they realize if they don't interfere in things that their lives will be impacted by that so it's kind of gotten them a little bit more proactive in addressing these power concerns around at least the estate especially when they very directly interfere in their lives and yes trying to get that summer body right girl bitch me too i mean i've already said it i'm trying to keep up with you 
And then you talking about you going to the beach. That's why you want to go to California? Who are you fooling? And then I'm like, wait, are you officially traveling now? Because you didn't tell me you were officially traveling now. Are you officially traveling now? And uh, you agree. We agree. He is nasty. Rudy. He's nasty. He's not a hygienic person. He should put his pajamas in the wall. Where does he stay? I think he does have his own apartment, which is shocking because where does he work? uh i think you did say he was nastier than nathan and that's why i may have said because you were like don't drag me too don't put me in this shit uh (laughs) you just said that he was nasty or nastier than nathan but you have since then retracted your statement and you are still on the fence and i will allow it uh exactly though the actor robert sheehan is great his character was absolutely not great he drove me mad half the time and yeah i don't know why people would have dropped the show i think the show has a lot more going for it than just the nathan character and one could one can make an argument that it's better for it past the nathan character it depends on what you're into and if that's your thing that's your thing like a lot of people really love klaus um and i kind of like klaus (laughs) like i'm for the most part i like klaus but he does have tendencies sometimes where i see nathan and i have ptsd but he was great for what he presented i also think though people and this is a trend that's happening in media today people have a tendency to really become fond of problematic people and defend them or want to protect them and i'm not sure why and half the time they're villains or things that are not defendable and even actors have become vocal now like this is not a like the guy that plays in you Penn Badgley I believe his name is he has to literally come out and say guys like stop it's not healthy to, to think I'm a good person in this television show I'm playing a villain let the villain be a villain you can be invested in a villain or a a piece of shit or someone who's just really cool like amos you can love who you want to love but don't make that the show and if it is the show that is defined for you or you can't deal with that then like i love your um your analogy of fbi then you have to move on if the cast if the dynamic changes too much but i don't i'm with you i don't see any dynamic that like nathan didn't push many of any storyline forward at all other than his own personal stuff and i also have this oh i'm having i don't know if it what i want to call it but i'm really getting shitty at people or at least i'm not shitty at people because that seems juvenile and i don't really invest in (laughs) what other people think that much but i I should say I'm I'm seeing an observation or a correlation. That's the word I'm looking for. Correlation between some of these characters and the attractiveness of an actor. Because put Nathan in someone who looks like, let's say, Rudy. <laughs> He's not the ugliest person in the world either. But anyone else, and you're going to have a different reaction. And it's because Robert Sheehan's this pretty golden-haired boy with these beautiful eyes and he can just put on that sappy face and you're a goo in a puddle in his hands and that's enough for you 
to justify anything. And that is just not how it's a sad way to look at television in my personal opinion and yes they are committing to handling shit especially that fourth episode man like i said they was all shooting guns i was like i love this rudy splitting did become very handy in the nazi episode because they did have three and now they had four (laughs) just walk away love that's what i had in my note you meant um simon he should have just walked away in the bathroom and you're absolutely right like uh but i don't think he had a choice it didn't matter if he didn't say anything that boy the minute he figured it out he was planning on stalking the rest of his life and i don't think peter was a good guy i guess that's um to be debated but i think he because he solidified his destiny against his own will whether it's supposed to be there or not you, you you put a deception in place that no one will ever be aware of <laughs> you hijacked simon's life and wrote his reality and i'm not sure how how much agency is there knowing what we know but did his reality become his reality because peter made him become super hoodie made him embrace his destiny whether he wanted to or not uh and yeah uh regarding black people but kind of yes and no because believe it or not there were many black germans and while they were not uh treated like the jews a la mass extermination they were subject to the numerous laws i watched this movie about a black german of mixed race descent oh it was so good i fucking cried my ass off it was sad it was the saddest shit i ever seen (laughs) i don't recommend it but (laughs) if you want to learn about the black nazi experience uh let me know and i'll let you know what that movie is and i think alicia is just in denial that she's gonna have to watch simon die all over again that's something she really can't bear kind of puts me in my shipper feels she doesn't want to lose him point blank period doesn't matter if he has to do it uh she can't bear it like he's all ready to die and that's great for you but i have to (laughs) live with your death but he's like well you can't die because i don't want to bear living life without you it's dead romantic that's all i got it's all my notes in less than 12 hours i will have a new car i need to probably get some sleep so that i can actually drive it and not crash it the first 24 hours from sleep deprivation i'm just really having a shitty time sleeping i'm gonna have to go get a sleeping pill tomorrow but if you want to send feedback on the next episode blackrollcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time Peace, hair grease, black on magic.